We're back. It's another episode of the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State presented by the Second String. Folks, I'm your host, Nick Bradley. <laughs> I don't know why those intros just amuse me. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny, like, trying to talk professional. Couldn't be less professional, to be honest with you. Could not be less professional. Got some good shit to talk about today. I'm very excited. Um, the Lions play this week. Didn't spend any time on the Tuesday episode talking Lions. And guess what? I'm not going to spend a fucking second talking about them today because they're useless and they're not worth it. So we're moving on. Um, Tigers, some hot stove stuff. I've, I've debated getting into the Tigers thing. We've been linked to Carlos Correa. That's been a narrative the fans have been pushing since I don't even know when, since fucking last year. Um, Michael Conforto, outfielder, linked to the Tigs. It looks like. Alavila, nut up. Chris Illich, nut up. They're making a couple moves. Jamer Candelario, I think either today or yesterday, gave a quote saying, Al Al is going to do everything he can to make this team competitive in 22. He said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know we're going to be really good. I don't know if Alavila's talked to the team like, hey, guys, fucking figure it out this offseason. Because you got to imagine a little bit, if you're a dog shit team, like the last five years of Tigers baseball, if you know next year you're going to be ass, you're coming back with the same team, your GM's doing the bare minimum, essentially just fielding a team, like you're not making moves to get better, you're still waiting for these young guys. If you know the season you're preparing for is about to be a wash, you know it's just kind of like kill the clock again, get another high draft pick. And if you're on a contract, for instance, you're a Miguel Cabrera where you're not like playing for the next contract or anything. You're not going to go as hard that offseason. You're not taking as many hacks. You're not working on the approach. You're not getting in shape. Like, why would you? Why would a guy like Miguel Cabrera put in anywhere near the level of effort in an offseason going into a wasted season versus this year? Alavila sits the team down. He says, Hey, fellas, all right. I know it hasn't been great, but we're done being bad. We're done being okay with being bad. We're done tanking for draft picks. It's time. We're going to start trying to win. We're going to add pieces. We're going to fucking shell cash out. It's time to be good. Jamer giving that quote makes me think Al did say something like that because if you give that message to the team, now guys, like Miguel's kind of washed up. He's he's becoming irrelevant anyway, right? He's probably not on the next World Series Tigers team or even the next playoff Tigers team. But when you sit the team down and you send a message like that, Jamer Candelario, he probably works a little bit harder this offseason. Casey Mize, Scooble, Manning, they probably work a little bit harder. They probably are like, all right, shit, we got a chance to be good next year. I'm going to damn well take advantage of every day. Where last year, eh, I don't need to do a bullpen today. Well, it doesn't fucking matter. We're going to be trash next year, right? I think that changes the mentality. Now, I obviously don't know that Alavila did that, but why would Jamer Candelario say that? Why is he given a quote for no reason unprovoked? Why is he given a quote that's essentially saying, yeah, Al made it known he's going to make the team better this year? Why would Jamer say that if Al didn't speak to them? And if Al's speaking to them, that makes me think they're dead set on improving this team in the short term. Obviously, guys like Torkelson, and Riley Green are going to be on the big club next year. 
but it makes me think Avila and Illich are ready to fucking go. They know they're adding those two guys, but they know that's not enough. And they know they have the ability to add veteran star power like that. I feel good. Again, who knows if Correa wants to leave Houston? Who knows if he's going to want to go to New York or LA, wherever. I think the Tigers hat will be in the ring, and that's all you can ask for. There are people, oh, how are the Tigers going to sign him? Who's ever signed with the Tigers? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It fucking blows my mind. It blows my mind anytime anybody in sports talks about Detroit, and it's just so obvious how they don't have a clue what they're talking about. I've seen people in the comments on Twitter, make TikToks, whatever. I've seen people saying, why would Correa go to Detroit? Why would since, – since when does Detroit get big-time free agents? What's up? Prince Fielder? Justin Upton? Didn't sign him, but David Price traded for him. Ian Kinsler? Pudge? Like, what do you mean? Detroit is, is a massive brand in Major League Baseball. Detroit is a baseball city. Detroit is a place. There's a reason when the Angels, they played a series in Detroit. Or, yeah, the Angels. They played a series in Detroit this year. And after one of the games, or after the final game, Joe Madden gave a quote, manager of the Angels, saying, you know, Detroit's a baseball town. These people here know baseball. They love baseball. They were raised on baseball. They appreciate it. He knows what Detroit is. Joe Madden, working for the Angels, never worked here. I don't know how much time he's maybe spent or in and around Detroit in his life, but he has no reason to be to be complimenting Detroit, right? If he's never lived here, he's never worked in Detroit, he's got no reason. He knows, though. He knows. Detroit is a baseball town. The Detroit Tigers are, are a legendary brand. Maybe they're not the Yankees. Maybe they're not the, the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Red Sox. I, they're right there, though. They're right there. Like, if you cheered the legendary or the iconic baseball franchises, it would go, in my opinion, it would go probably Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox as the first tier, Cubs probably in there as the first tier. And then after that, whatever the next tier is, I think you got to include the Tigers. Been around forever. History. Baseball town. Tiger Stadium opened when Fenway opened. Legendary players have come through Detroit. It's a place Justin Verlander talks about it where he's like, listen, people don't understand. It hasn't been great in Detroit the last five, six years. People don't understand what Detroit is when it's good. People don't understand how big the Tigers are when things are going well. People don't understand how hungry Detroit is for that team to be successful. Like, unless you're here or unless you know about it or unless you've paid attention, people just don't understand the legacy of the Detroit Tigers. And that honestly goes for all the sports. I mean, I've said it a million times, I feel, but the Red Wings were fucking hockey town, obviously. The Lions have been horrible forever, but there's a reason people are obsessed with Michigan and Michigan State football. Obsessed. And it's not even like those two programs are, are dominating the world. It's like those programs give their fan bases an ounce of success. This year, Michigan State and Michigan, both pretty successful. You give them an ounce of success, both fan bases cannot get enough. You think if the Lions didn't do that, this state wouldn't rally behind them? And then the Pistons, legendary franchise. Basketball is in the culture here. Like Every sport that's played at a major level, Detroit is built 
for that team here to be successful and have millions rally behind it and support it. And it's been bad since like 2014, 2015. And we haven't even had multiple franchises be good at the same time since probably early 2010s, late 2000s, when the Tigers and the Red Wings were doing well together. But if you build a winner, people think, oh, it's Detroit. Oh, nobody cares. If the Tigers won 162 games, nobody would care. If the Tigers went 500, people would be fucking obsessed with them. Like, nobody realizes the sleeping giant that Detroit is. I've talked about it with MSU as far as they're not a traditional blue blood, big time football program, but the potential they have to be one. Detroit is the same way. Yeah, it's not great now. Yeah, it hasn't been great for the last six years. When it is, the Joe, when the Red Wings were cooking 25 years in the playoffs, the Joe sold out for like six years in a row. Comerica Park. There are people at those games. It's like 30 degrees out and you can't find a seat. You think people don't care? You think Detroit's just like a eh, baseball town? What Detroit absolutely should be in the running for guys like Correa. Detroit absolutely will be considered by guys like Carlos Correa. Not to mention the fact that A.J. Hinch and him have the bond from Houston. And to be honest with you, you don't think Correa wants to do a little PR image scrubbing himself? All right, I'm going to leave the Astros, kind of leave the cheating stain behind. We'll start fresh in Detroit. They've kind of been losers my entire career. We'll build them back up. People will root for the underdog story. Detroit reclaiming greatness. Not to mention historic franchise, legendary players, legendary tradition, awesome fan base, awesome town to play baseball in. Great park. Comerica, I think, is underrated. Beautiful skyline. June through fucking whatever, September, the last game of the year. Beautiful place to go watch baseball. People think, oh, why would he sign in Detroit? Why wouldn't he sign in Detroit? If the money's equal, New York Yankees, Detroit Tigers, maybe he chooses the Yankees anyway. But if you don't think he's considering it, you don't think the Tigers are pulling him, weighing on his mind, you're fucking crazy. So many people disrespect this place, and I can't stand to watch it. I can't stand to watch it because they don't know. It's ignorant people. It's people that have seen Comerica empty the last two, three years. Yeah, dude, no shit. Nobody wants to go see a team that loses every fucking game at home. Nobody wants to pay money for that and then buy $12 beers. Go back to 2014. Go back to 2013. Pull the tape from then and then tell me nobody cares. Tell me Detroit isn't a a baseball town. Tell me we don't have the fan base. Try to explain to me why somebody could see that and wouldn't want to play here. Daniel Norris said it too when he got traded at the deadline this year. He said, you know what? It sucks. We haven't been great the last few years. You know, it's tough, empty ballparks, whatever. He still went out of his way to mention. Not even a guy who was like a lifer here. He was here for a handful of years. He went out of his way to mention. But I'll tell you, the first few years when I got here, when you're competitive, when you're winning, when games in September still matter – this place comes alive. These people care. It's a fucking blast and an honor to play baseball here. Like, how, I don't, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me that people don't get it. And, yeah, Detroit's the classic, oh, shit on Detroit. Huh? It's funny to shit on Detroit. I don't know. Obviously, I love Detroit, so I'm biased. It's fucking annoying, though. And it's, all, it's more annoying, like the jokes, whatever. But when people seriously are like, why would – it's Detroit. Why would he go to Detroit? And I'm like, are you – what the fuck are you talking about? Why wouldn't he go to Detroit? Awesome place. 
to play baseball. If you lose them to the Yankees, to the Dodgers, to the Cubs, to the Sox, okay, I get it. I can uh, understand the allure of playing at Wrigley or at Fenway. If you lose them to the Tampa Bay Rays, you won't. That's never going to happen. Unless it's one of those four teams, the Detroit Tigers are the next best destination. It's an unbelievable place to play baseball. And the weather sucks, but the be- the good thing is your season's during the nice weather. Drives me crazy. Uneducated people on Detroit. Anyways, I guess I did a good little bit there on the Tigers hot stove. I hope they land Correa. I hope they go all out, dude. I- I'm ready to fucking be good. It's tough. It's tough. The thing is, like I'm in my formative years. These years when all these teams have been bad really have been like my formative years, right? Like when you watch games when you're 13 with your parents, like you're just watching. You don't fucking have a choice. You're just watching the game. From the time you're like 18 to what I'm 24 now, that whole time span, all these teams have been bad. All these teams, like each year that goes by, especially in the age I'm in, each year that goes by that you're an irrelevant team, yeah, I'll tune in for the Tigers here and there. I'll throw them on. Each year that goes by that you're irrelevant, you lose people. People don't care. It's time, Tigers. It is time. Sure, whatever moves you make most likely won't be enough to win the World Series this year. That's fine. They don't have to be. But you know what you do have to start doing eventually? And sooner rather than later is making people care again, getting people interested because each year that goes by, I care less and less and less and less about the Tigers. By at some point, you're going to be left with nothing. At some point, you as the ownership, as the GM, as the front office, at some point you have to show the fans, hey, hey, we're trying here. We want to keep you around. Believe me, at some point, you have to send that message. To be honest with you, I think it's overdue, but now it now it has to happen. Now it has to happen. The team showed they were more competitive last year. The core pieces are all young. You're adding two more young pieces next year. Now it's time to add some veteran leadership, some winning pedigree, not to mention a guy who can bat at the four spot in your lineup and fill your biggest need in the field. It's time. It's time. The words I'm hearing, the quotes I'm seeing, they see it, they it it sounds good. It looks good. We'll see what happens. It's time. Correa, Conforto, it's time, Alavila. This is Detroit. This is Detroit. The Tigers are meant to be good. It's time. And the meat of today's episode, the meat and potatoes. College hoops. College Hoops has arrived. I kind of didn't realize it. It snuck up uh, so quick. I've been so tunnel vision on the football season, especially, I mean, MSU, nobody fucking expected it. I'm enamored enamored by it. Michigan obviously doing really well. I haven't, I like, didn't even realize college basketball was going to start this week, and it did. MSU lost to Kansas last night. I don't know. I mean, fine game, right? MSU's not expected to win that game. What? Drives me nuts. Let, let, let me do the negatives first, and then we'll do the positives. What drives me nuts is every single season, this team's issues are the same fucking things every year. Every single season. Tom Izzo's been the coach here for, like, what, 26 years, something like that? Every single season, his teams have issues with turnovers. 
Every year it happens. Oh my God, Michigan State, 11 turnovers in the first half. Every season. I understand it's the first game of the year. I understand guys like Hogard and Max Christie and Jaden Akins, a lot of the dudes doing a lot of the turning of overs. I understand they don't have a ton of experience. Every single year, Tom Izzo, every single year without fail, your team turns it over an unbelievable amount. Like to the extent where some of these turnovers, it's like, are we just fucking blindly, like literally closing our eyes and throwing passes to some extent. Do we see that we're wearing a different color Jersey than the other team? Like three, four passes a night. It's like, dude, did you not see the other team's guy standing right in front of him? Every season, this is an issue. And every season, it's an issue that causes Michigan State to lose games. And do you know what the fucking worst part about it is? It's a correctable issue. It's a pretty easily correctable issue. It's a brain issue. It's not, oh, our guys can't jump as high or aren't as fast or aren't as good at shooting. Don't get me wrong. The shooting was absolute fucking garbage again. I'm looking at you, Joey Hauser. But it's not physical errors. It's mental. And it's every year. And it's the same shit. And for some reason, Tom Izzo, a guy, a legendary coach, I like Izzo, can't fix it, doesn't fix it, refuses to fix it. I don't fucking know. Every year it's the same deal, and every year it shows up anyway. Turned it over, what, like 20 times last night against Kansas? I mean, it's the reason we lost the game. It's the number one far and away reason we lost the game. Shooting wasn't great, sure. Defense kind of fell apart at times. We turned the ball over a fuck ton over double whatever Kansas did. That's why we lost the game. And it's every year. And you know what's funny? They're going to play Western Michigan this weekend. But since Western, they're not as fast and they're not as athletic and they can't shoot as well. MSU is going to win the game. But MSU is going to turn the ball over 15 times again. And it's so frustrating because it's not turnovers like, oh, the ball's fumbling around and it bounces off your knee and it goes out of bounds. Don't get me wrong. State has those turnovers too. Oh my God, do they have those? It, the ball, if if there's a loose ball on the ground, you would think every player wearing green and white has fucking Vaseline on their hands, the way that they just can't pick up loose balls. But it's not even that. It's turnovers where you're throwing in a bounce pass into the post and you're trying to weasel it through three fucking defenders. You're not Cassius Winston, buddy. You're not Cassius Winston. Relax. It's a pass where... The defender is sealing off the guy you're trying to pass to, and Hogart throws the chest pass anyway, and it turns into an easy layup for Kansas. The guy wearing the blues in front of the guy wearing the white. Don't throw the fucking ball to him. Every single year, it's dumb plays. You can fix it. Hey, AJ, if you look to throw the pass and the defender is standing in front of our guy, do not throw the pass. Why is it that five times a game – they throw that pass anyway. Why is that? You're going to turn the ball over regardless. Off of weird bounces, people dropping it, whatever. Turnovers are going to – offensive fouls, turnovers are going to happen regardless. You don't need to add the turnovers. You can't add the turnovers where you're just blindly throwing a pass to the defender. 
it drives me fucking crazy. And as great as Izzo is, as much, oh, eight Final Fours, April, March, Izzo, as much as we'd like to talk about Izzo and worship him, this guy's been here for 26 years. All these, all these awards, all these accomplishments, everybody loves him. And yet his teams, every fucking season, cannot take care of the basketball. And it's an issue that is solely dependent on using your brain. It's an issue that is solely dependent on coaching. Hey, AJ, you throw it into the post and he's not open. Don't just throw the pass anyway. What's so difficult about that? It's not like, hey, make the shot next time. You can't control that. It's the guy standing right there. Why did you decide to throw the ball to him? And they do it anyway, and it costs them games. And then the whole takeaway is supposed to be, Whoops, knocked my mic over. And then the whole takeaway is supposed to be, oh, don't worry, it's November. This is a young team. We don't have enough experience yet. They'll figure it out. They'll learn how to play with each other. They haven't figured it out the last 25 years. They never fucking figure it out. They've had all offseason to practice and learn how each other play and learn the offense and learn how to take care of the ball. Learning the offense, gaining chemistry, doesn't make you throw it directly to a defender. That has nothing to do with chemistry. That's just bad coaching. That's terrible ball management. That's Tom Izzo. Oh, it's November. He all they, These teams always play better. I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm so tired of that as an excuse. Now, we'll get to the positives. I'm not devastated. I'm not saying this team's going to be garbage and wash the season. I just can't. I can't keep watching these games and making excuses and talking about how, oh, it's it's fine, it'll be okay, when it's the same errors year after year after year after year after year. When's the last time Michigan State has had a team? When's the last time Michigan State's played on opening night and the narrative around them hasn't been, man, if they just took care of the basketball. Man, they've turned it over 22 times and they're only down 10. Do you believe that? When is the last time that's happened? Because I don't think it's ever fucking happened. Not while I've been around, not since I can remember. Every year, it's the same deal. Whew. Michigan State took care of the basketball. They'd be a tough team to beat. Well, good news for you. Five times a game, they're going to just throw it out of bounds. Five times a game, they're going to just hand it to you and go give you a layup. How do you not fix that at some point? Kansas, that was their first game. Kansas is learning chemistry. They have transfers. They didn't turn it over 20 times. Why is that just the excuse for MSU? It's so fucking aggravating. And it's not that this Kansas game is going to matter, really. It doesn't. Probably good experience, good to play. I like that they play good teams, right? I'd rather play Kansas than Buffalo like U of M. Hey, not everyone's built from the same cloth. I just can't sit by and be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, turn it over 20 times. Kansas didn't do it. Don't give me the horse shit. Oh, it's their first game. Oh, they're learning how to play. Oh, this or that. Nobody else fucking does it but Michigan State. And it's passes that are actually would require a blind person to throw them. It's mind-boggling. And Tom Izzo cannot fix it or refuses to. Either or, I can't stand it. I had to get that off my chest. I had to get, a, get that off my chest. I understand it's early in the season. The game probably doesn't matter. Whatever fucking annoying to watch very frustrating to watch and again the most frustrating part is the fact that it's a mental error it's not like oh well you know what aj hogard just can't jump high enough no it's aj hogard thinks it's okay to throw a pass when the kansas defender is directly between 
Hogard and his teammate. That's an issue. That's going to drive me crazy because listen, I'm not six, three. I don't run a four, four. I can't touch the rim. Actually, I, I think I can touch the rim, but that's, I can't dunk. That's besides the point. I wouldn't throw that pass. It doesn't take fucking LeBron James to not turn the ball over in idiotic ways. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. You don't need to be good at basketball to realize, oh, he that guy looks covered. Yet Michigan State, for some reason, unlike everyone else in the country, can't figure it out. I can't fucking stand it. Tom Izzo's this legend. He's this great coach, which I think he is. Figure out the fucking turnovers, Tom. It's one of the easiest ways to lose basketball games is turnovers. Can't do it. Can't figure it out for 25 years. Drives me nuts. Okay. Feel better now. Now that I got that off my chest. (laughs) Twist. I do. There were some good things that happened. Um, Sorry, got cut off a bit there. But there were some good things. Um, One last bad thing. Joey Hauser. It's been an offseason. You still can't rebound. You still don't play defense. You still can't make shots. What the fuck were you doing for the last year? That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, I'll be too mean. There were some good things. Max Christie, tough night shooting, but he looks incredible, dude. Like he's going to be an absolute monster. The shots, he's like KD mode where it's he's kind of covered, but he's so lanky. He releases it so high. He elevates so much. It looks like he's covered, but he's not actually covered like Kevin Durant you actually never are in his face because it's just the release point is just so high he looks so smooth the way he gets in rhythm on every shot whether it's a catch and shoot take a dribble pull up everything he did he looked smooth he looked comfortable every time he shot it I was like oh that's going in he's gonna be awesome yeah he missed a few shit happened Steph Curry misses shots too he's gonna be incredible though I think he he was my favorite part of the game, to be honest with you. Him and Hogard. How could you not love Hogard? But even though Max didn't play super well, he's so tall. He's so big. He's so smooth. He has confidence, which you love to see. I also loved that even though he missed his first few shots, he kept shooting. That's a great sign. Like when you when you know you're good at shooting, which he does and he is, keep shooting. Always keep shooting because they will fall. And they will eventually for him too. The only thing I would say about him, um, he went to the basket like once or twice, but go to the basket a little bit more. Like same deal. His strides are so long. He can get to the hoop so easily. He can finish. Just go to the hoop a little bit more. He did a little bit. And I understand if he's getting open jump shots, fucking shoot open jump shots, no doubt. But at like in the Big Ten play in the grueling season and especially on nights, like if you ran, if you played Kansas again, And it's the same deal, Max, where the shot's not falling. All right, fine. The shot's not really falling. So unless it's a wide open shot, maybe stop hunting the pull up long two or the in your face three. Maybe stop looking for that. Put it on the floor. Go try to get fouled or finish at the rim or create a play for someone else. That's the one thing I'd like to see him do more. But again, first game at the college level. um, And I still thought he looked like probably the best player on our team. Just the way he looks when he plays. Like it looks like it's easy. Shots didn't go, but they will. Hogard was unreal. If we didn't have him, we would have gotten beaten by 50. He, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I know they fucking, <laughs> they would not give it a rest on how he trimmed uh, trimmed a bunch of fat off. They would not give it a rest <laughs> that he lost weight. But he looked way better, dude. He looked comfortable. He looked like he wanted the ball. 
this was always a complaint from me with him, with Foster Lawyer, all last year too, when it felt like outside of Aaron Henry State didn't have a ball handler that could do anything. It always felt like those guys, when they got the ball, even though their job and their role on the team is to have the ball and to make plays, it always felt like those guys, when they got it, they were kind of like, uh-oh. I was hoping this wouldn't happen. Can someone take this from me? That's always the vibe I kind of got. Not the case with Hogard yesterday. He looked comfortable. He looked like he wanted to have the ball. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked to pass when he should have. He looked to shoot when he should have. He made a couple threes, which is a great sign. He was unfucking believable finishing in the lane. The guy's body control, his ability to I don't even know how he was doing it. Create enough space from him and bigger defenders to finish under the hoop. He was awesome. He was absolutely incredible. He's a junkyard dog on defense, right? He'll steal the ball. He'll play hard. He knows what he's doing on the other end. I thought he was unbelievable. If State's going to be a dark horse Big Ten championship candidate this year, they're going to need that from Hogard every single night. They're going to need a lot more. Obviously, they're going to need other people to step up. Max Christie's going to have to be better. Bingham was great too. Marble was pretty good as well. Um, he had a couple, he was good offensively. He had a couple plays on defense where he's fucking refusing to guard somebody, which I didn't totally get. God damn, I keep getting interrupted. I just got a phone call. Anyways. I thought Marble was good offensively. Um, the defense, he still does shit. And that's another thing that bothers me. It's similar. Like the errors Michigan State makes defensively, similar to the errors offensively. It's not like, oh, that Remy Martin kid's fast as fuck. He just beat you off the dribble. I can live with that. Other athletes are going to be good. You play Kansas, they're going to have good players. That's the way it is. I can't live with, hey, Julius Marble, you just left your guy. He set a pick and you just left your guy. Why did you do that? It's not like he was too strong. It's not like he made a nice jump hook. You just left your guy open underneath the basket. Why? That bothers me. I get second leading score. Yeah, he had a good game. Shot the ball well. Three times a game, you just leave your guy on a switch and then you look at Gabe Brown like, why didn't he switch? I don't know. Maybe it's Gabe's fault. Maybe it's Marbles. That's the other thing. Like one state gives up baskets. It's dudes like leaving their men. It's guys falling asleep and getting beat on the back door where it's if your mind's in the game, if you're paying attention, if you're thinking, if you're focused, that shouldn't happen, right? If the guy's faster than you, if he hits a step back, okay, fucking touche. He plays at Kansas. He's probably good at basketball. If you just don't pay attention and your guy sets a screen and rolls wide open to the basket, that's not him being more athletic. That's not him being the better player. That's you not fucking caring, and I can't live with that. Bingham was great. Um, he need he, We need him to be good. We need Bingham to be good. We need him to be what he was yesterday. That McCormick dude was thicker than him for years now. It's funny. For fucking years, we hear every season, Marcus Bingham put on 20 pounds of muscle this offseason, and I swear to God he's never gotten bigger. He did a pretty good job. His length, um, his ability to block shots, I thought he was real good. He scored the shot. Hopefully, he's another guy like the shot. It's got to come along eventually, right? He It looks good. He shoots it nice. I saw him play in high school. He was draining threes. Like 
He's got to make a few eventually, I would think. I don't know, though. Um, he was good. I'd like to see Suzuko get more minutes, especially if Joey Hauser is going to continue to be useless. Um, what else was there? Gabe Brown, he was nice at the end. He's another guy every year we hear, hey, this might be Gabe Brown's breakout year. Hey, if Gabe Brown takes it up a notch, Gabe Brown controls the offense more, hunts his shot more, this Michigan State team is going to be dangerous. And every year it feels like he just kind of is the same player. Like he just hangs out. He'll shoot open threes. Um, he'll go and try and end a guy's career with a poster. And that's about it. He runs the floor well. He'll get transition layups. But that's about it. He's never been a half-court guy. Every year we hear about him being a half-court guy, being a guy we can get the ball to, being a guy that can create for himself and others. And every year he's a passive Hey, if I'm open, I'll shoot it. Otherwise, let me pass it to someone else guy, which, you know, it is what it is. Not everybody's going to be Cassius Winston, but when you're a senior, when you're six, eight and long and have that much athletic ability and you can shoot like Gabe can, Tom Izzo's got to get in his fucking mouth and be like, dude, figure it the fuck out. Step up like Cassius Winston isn't here anymore. Figure it out. We need Gabe to step up. And at the end of the game, it was too little too late. He started looking for a shot. He started getting aggressive with it. They were going in, and State kind of chipped away and made it a little interesting. We need more of that from Gabe. Aikens, not a great game. I mean, he didn't really do much outside of the missing free throws and then turning it over at the end of the half, which is a horrible momentum swing. First game, he's going to be nasty at State, so I'm not worried about him. But can't be doing that. Wouldn't hate Pierre Brooks getting minutes. I was disappointed he didn't play at all, especially when Aikens is struggling, especially like Max Christie, he's going to be awesome. But if Max is struggling a little bit, dude, let's give Pierre some run. All these guys can play. All these freshmen can play. Christie, obviously. Aikens can play. Pierre Brooks can play. All of these dudes can play. I want to see them. Why not? Especially a game like that earlier in the season, fucking throw them out there and see what we got. I want to see these guys play. It sucks that all of our best players this year, it feels like they're guards, so it's just a massive logjam. I would love to have a four that can come in and dominate. I mean, Malik Hall, he didn't do shit either. Joey Hauser was garbage. They were both garbage. Marble and Bingham were pretty good at the five. Bingham, or Marble was bad on defense. And Sissoko played for like two minutes. I don't know. I mean, there are positives. The first half, I thought State looked good. They were still turning the ball over, but I thought they looked good. To me, they looked better. They looked more talented. When I watched State run the offense versus Kansas run an offense, I was like, oh, State's better than these guys. We should win this game. The difference is Kansas has five more possessions because we hand them the basketball every other time we're down the floor. I don't know. I feel good. I think this team has promised. The fact that they're unranked crazy. They're going to be – They'll be ranked by the end of the year. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to win a lot of games. And if Max Christie makes shots, they're going to win a lot of games. I feel good. Hogard, if he plays like that, Bingham, if he plays like that, Christie turns it up a bit. Aikens off the bench turns it up a bit. This team will be just fine. I'm excited. Gabe, get a little more aggressive. I'm very excited. It's just the mental stuff, again, like that Ojibwe guy or a Ogabwe, whatever the Kansas guy's name is that torched us. Like when he's making these step backs, when he's fucking, he's covered and he's just laying it off the high glass. It's like, all right, tip your hat. That goes in. When you're throwing a pass that turns into a layup, you're just leaving your man on a pick and roll. Then it's like, I 
can't just say, ah, well, I can't not get mad at that. I feel good. Just a lot of frustration, frustrating stuff, frustrating way to lose. And again, especially in a game where in that first half, I was like, damn, state, it feels like state's better than these guys. We just turn it over fucking constantly. If we didn't do that, we'd be smoking these dudes. And guess what? The second half, they came out and turned it over even more. If you can believe that. Mm, Michigan State basketball. All right. Um, let me take one more break. Actually, no, let's do some Michigan. Michigan kicks off tonight. Don't have as much to say because I haven't followed their offseason. I know they added Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate, a couple of five stars. Dickinson's back. Eli Brooks is back. They got another transfer guard. Can't remember his name. But long story short, they're the favorites in the Big Ten, and they should be. They have a lot of their players returning. They added two five stars. Hunter Dickinson is one of, if not the best player in the Big Ten. They should be, and they won it last year. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Michigan. I made a TikTok. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I hate Michigan football. I can't stand anything about them. But when it comes to Michigan basketball, I'm kind of like, yeah, they're kind of cool. Like, I don't really mind Michigan basketball. Don't get me wrong. When they play state, I want state to pummel them. Um, when they lose, I'm not like in tears that Mich- I'm like, oh, that's funny. Michigan lost, right? I still am like, haha, they lost. But I don't hate them. I'm kind of like, whatever. I'm laissez-faire towards them. I like when they're good. I like when the Michigan-Michigan State games are top 10 ranked matchups. I like when Breslin Center or Chrysler are just buzzing for those games. I like when the winner of that game wins the Big Ten. I like that game meaning something. I like when the eyes of college basketball are upon us. I like that shit. It makes it more fun for MSU. It makes it more fun for Michigan. It elevates the brands. It elevates the programs. It's all positive. And and early, like when I was in college, Michigan was kind of just whatever. They had a couple good teams, but State kind of ran it. I like the back and forth. It's fun, dude. It's fun when Michigan has expectations too. Because, yeah, Michigan has beaten us before as well. We're State's ranked fourth in the country but Michigan's unranked and it's kind of, they'll make the tournament, but whatever. It's fun when it's six versus three winner wins the big 10. That is why sports fucking rule. I said it before the football game, high leverage, everything on the line matchups or why sports rule. I kind of like when Michigan's good at basketball. They got cool players. Trey Burke was sick. I liked beeline. I liked Juwan. I can't say I love Dickinson or any of the guys they have now. I I'm excited to watch Diabate and Houston. I feel like they'll be sweet. I'll like them, but I I'm excited, dude. And the biggest thing I'm excited for Michigan won the big 10 last year. They've been good since Juwan's gotten there and they were good before that. But my whole fandom MSU has always been the team with the target on their back in the Big Ten, it feels like. I mean, last year's the first year MSU wasn't in it till the end or winning the Big Ten fucking and forever. Every year it feels like MSU, when you go on the road at Rutgers, at Minnesota, it doesn't matter. Every team wants a shot at the crown. Every team wants to give Michigan State their best shot. Because they're the kings of the Big Ten. They win the most games. They win the most conference titles. They go to the tournament the most. They go to the Final Four. Everything. Every time MSU comes to town, you're getting the other team's best shot. Which is a great thing. Because that means you're a successful program. 
But on the flip side, you play those games where it's like, oh, this guy from Rutgers is going for 35 and has missed two shots. That sucks. If the, that same guy from Rutgers was playing Minnesota tonight, he probably wouldn't be playing out of his mind. You get everybody's best shot, which along the way, it hasn't stopped MSU, right? They've still won their titles, won their games. But I think it does cause that you lose games that you wouldn't otherwise. Other teams are more motivated than they would be otherwise. It makes a Big Ten schedule that much more difficult. I'm excited, and I still think State's going to have a target because they're Michigan State. It's the brand, it's the legacy, it's the tradition. I'm excited to see how Michigan reacts. I'm excited to see how Juwan is, how the program functions, how they handle being that team. Because this year, they're the reigning champs. They're the favorites. They've got NBA guys. They've got the high recruits. They're going to go into every opposing arena in the Big Ten this season and get the best shot every single team's got. They go to play Illinois. Illinois is going to want to beat them that much more than they wanted to beat Ohio State. Every team they play this year, Michigan is getting their 100%. You can feel that. As a state fan, you can feel that. You can feel when you go into Nebraska and it's like, these guys fucking suck, but you can feel that it's their Super Bowl and they're going to do everything in their power to try and beat you. You can feel the, the balance there. You can feel the energy in the air. And it's fucking hard. It's annoying. There are times where it's like, God damn, bro. We can't have one easy game on the road. We can't have one team that just rolls over and dies. I'm excited to see how Michigan handle, handles it. Because last year, I still think they were kind of lit. They came out of the shadows of Illinois and MSU. This year, they are the team. They're the team to beat. They're the reigning champs. They're the favorites. They're going to get everyone's best shot every night. No holds barred. And I'm excited to see how they react. Playing basketball, playing any sport. I've talked about this as far as uh, MSU's football season, too. Shit changes. Like the dynamic of a game, going into the game, and then you're in the game. Shit changes when you have the pressure on you. When you're not supposed to be losing to unranked Northwestern and you're down going into the second half, that fucks with people. That changes things. Your mental is different. When you're on the road at Nebraska, and even though Nebraska stinks and you're favored by nine and a half, but you guys are shooting 8% from three point, that fucking messes with teams. That, that permeates the locker room. That permeates your play. Having the pressure on, wearing the crown changes the game. I'm excited to see how Juwan and Michigan handles it because this is the first time they've been that guy. They've had good teams, but this is the first time everybody has pinpointed them as when they come to town, we're winning. Last thing I want to talk about today. I don't know how much time I want to spend on it because I've been putting out fires left, right, and center on my TikTok talking to fucking morons morons, people who don't think about it. <sighs> New college football playoff rankings came out yesterday. Michigan at six, Michigan State at seven, Oregon at three, Ohio State at four. Let's, let's talk about this here. So Oregon, the prior week, also was still ahead of Ohio State. Oregon and Ohio State have the same record. Oregon's loss is to an unranked team. Ohio State's loss is to Oregon. Since they played head-to-head, -head, 
and Oregon beat Ohio State when they played. No hypothetical game. No, if they played again, it would go like this. No, well, Oregon shouldn't have won because of this. When they played the game, at the end of it, Oregon had more points than Ohio State. Oregon beat Ohio State the one time they actually played. The one time they actually, both teams were giving a fair chance to prove which one is better than the other. The one time they played, Oregon beat Ohio State. Oregon is ahead of Ohio State, even though they have the same record. And even though Ohio State lost to a, or Oregon lost to a bad Stanford team and Ohio State lost to a good Oregon team. Oregon still ahead of Ohio State. No matter how you feel like about that, whether you think Ohio State should be ahead of Oregon, let me tell you, you're wrong. Because again, what the fuck is the point of playing the game when Oregon and Ohio State literally played and Oregon beat them? Why the fuck would Ohio State be ahead of them with the same record? That makes zero sense. That makes the games meaningless. That defeats the purpose of games, of football, of the fucking sport. That ruins college football. All of the people out there, and I'm going to get to the Michigan-Michigan State. This is where my bias comes in, your bias comes in, everyone's bias. The people that are arguing, even if it wasn't Michigan-Michigan State, even in the Oregon-Ohio State debate, the people arguing that Ohio State should be ahead of Oregon because Ohio State has a better loss Their loss is to the team you're saying they're better than. But when they played the one time you were actually able to prove who is better, the one time a fair and square game, who's better than who? No hypotheticals, no ifs, ands, or buts. The one time they each played, they each had a fair chance, Oregon beat them. You saying Ohio State's loss is better, you doing anything, saying anything to try and justify Ohio State being ahead of Oregon ruins the game, ruins college football, ruins any sport. It defeats the purpose of games. It defeats the purpose of big regular season games. What the hell is the point of that game if Oregon wins it and it's like, oh, Oregon doesn't matter. (laughs) Good job. Good job winning that massive game that we were all like, this is going to have huge college football playoff implications. Good job winning that game. It doesn't fucking matter. If that's your belief, if you think Ohio State should be ahead of them, you are everything that's wrong with sports. You are everything that's wrong with college football. Thank God professional sports They have standings, regular seasons. It makes sense. Unfortunately, college football doesn't have that luxury. You are what's wrong with college football. If you think that way, if you think Ohio State should be ahead of Oregon because they have a better loss or Michigan should be ahead of Michigan State because Michigan's loss is to a top 10 team and MSU lost to an unranked team, even though Purdue is now ranked. If that's how you're thinking, if you actually believe that, I don't think many people do. I think everybody saying that is pushing their own agenda of being a Michigan or being an Ohio State fan. But if you actually believe that, you are what's wrong with college football. You are a fucking idiot. You are ruining the game. You don't want the games to mean anything. You don't want that Michigan State-Michigan game. You don't want that to have any bearing on the postseason, which defeats the fucking purpose of the game in the first place. The entire buildup, Six versus eight. First time MSU and Michigan have been top 10 since 64. The entire buildup of that game, it's going to have huge college football playoff implications. 
but it doesn't. Oh, sorry, Michigan State. You're going to go behind Michigan. Even though you literally beat them 10 days ago, nine days ago at the time, even though you literally just beat them, sorry, doesn't fucking matter. That defeats the purpose of the game. How are you going to use the logic that Oregon beat Ohio State? They both have the same record. Oregon's loss to a bad team, but Oregon beat Ohio State. How are you going to use that logic to keep Oregon ahead of OSU and then Michigan, Michigan State? Michigan State has a worse loss than Michigan, but Michigan's loss is to Michigan State. They have the same record. How are you not going to apply the same logic there? It makes zero sense. It ruins the game. It ruins the regular season. What you just said with that, what the committee said with that ranking is that game that they played on October 30th means fucking nothing. Yay, State gets a trophy. Yay, you embarrassed Michigan again. That's fun, knowing that Michigan's inferior and can't compete at the level MSU can. It is fun. You are ruining the regular season college football playoff committee. You're ruining it. Devaluing games, making games that should mean everything, that Michigan State-Michigan game, that Oregon-Ohio State game, games that should mean everything games that should be determining college football playoff spots, no matter who your other loss is going to be to, no matter if Michigan State loses to Purdue, that game should determine positioning. That game should mean everything. That game being prime time, having college game day, top 10 matchup should matter more than MSU and West Lafayette the following week. It should. There's a reason they played the fucking game. I don't want to hear if Michigan State and Michigan played again, if if this fake imaginary game that doesn't exist happened again, Michigan would be favored. Oh, yeah? They did play. Michigan was favored. And Michigan fucking lost. So what? So what if, oh, another imaginary... Oh, if they played again, Michigan was the better team. Why'd they lose? Why'd they give up 200 yards and five touchdowns to the only fucking guy they had to stop? Michigan's a more complete team. Michigan's a more complete team. They had one job, and they didn't even come close to doing it. Michigan's more complete. Michigan's more complete. Their two quarterbacks each made a fatal error. Michigan's the more complete team. What the fuck are we talking about? And I don't, it makes me angry because it makes no sense. And Michigan fans, the moment you start trying to explain to me why Michigan deserves Ohio, oh, Oregon was in control of that game. MSU had to come back. Oh, MSU's loss is to an unranked team. Michigan lost to a good team. Oh, MSU had all these hoops you're jumping through, all this justification. It can all be made so much easier. It can all be simplified. Michigan State beat Michigan. End of story. End of story. And we're not even talking. Michigan State didn't lose the 0 and 9, whoever. They lost to a 6 and 3, now 6 and 3, 5 and 3 at the time, Purdue team. It wasn't 0 and 8 Purdue. It was 5 and 3 Purdue who knocked off a top five team already. Every person who's trying to explain because you're a Michigan fan or because you want to ruin college football or because you're an idiot. I went on a rant last week because Bama was ranked ahead of teams it shouldn't be ranked ahead of because they fucking lost to an unranked team and they had undefeated teams behind it. Every time someone tries to explain it to me, what more explanation is there? I wish there was a way. Man, Michigan State and Michigan are tight. They're they're separated by one spot. I wish there was a way to know who's better. I wish they could play each other. Oh, wait, they did, and one beat the other. So guess what? There's a reason you play the game. That's the fucking point of football. 
one beat the other. That means the one who was victorious is better than the other, should be ranked higher than the other, should be treated as the victor. In in the playoffs in the NFL, if the Chiefs get knocked out by a bad team, right? Let's say the Chiefs, well, the Chiefs aren't good this year. Um, let's say, okay, when the Patriots were trying to go, when they were 16-0, and trying to go 19-0, and when the Patriots lost to the Giants, inferior team, quote-unquote, on paper, worst record, Patriots team that year, one of the greatest of all time. When the Patriots lose that game to the Giants, it isn't, oh, well, the Patriots should still get the Lombardi. The Patriots should still be the champions. They're the better team. They were the better team. They were the more complete team. If they played again, the Patriots would be favored. If they played 10 times, the Patriots would win nine. What the hell are we fucking doing? What do you mean? You play to win. You play, the winner decides, boom. You play, one team wins, that's the better team. I don't care if the other team had an off day. I don't give a fuck. They played. Michigan had the chance to prove they were better to Michigan State, and they didn't. They weren't. They didn't do anything required of them to win that game. They didn't. But now we're talking about, oh, Michigan State has a weaker loss. Yeah, because they fucking beat Michigan. It drives me nuts. And all these people are trying to explain it like their version makes sense. Like, oh, Michigan has a better strength of schedule. Michigan doesn't have a win, by the way. Everyone wants to tell me how Michigan has a better loss. Michigan doesn't have a win anywhere near the level of Michigan State's. Michigan State has Michigan and Miami. Michigan doesn't have a win like either of those. But everyone wants to tell me about Michigan's loss being so good. MSU has two solid wins. Michigan has fucking zero. Michigan's best win is Purdue beating Michigan State. They have fucking zero, but people want to tell me how Michigan's the better team, how they're more complete. It's horseshit. It's ruining college football. It drives me nuts. Unless State ends up being in the college football playoff, I'm going to boycott it because I'm tired of this shit. And I know people are going to say, they're probably saying, no, Nick, it doesn't matter. There's three more weeks to figure it out. Between Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, at least two of those teams are going to lose more games and be out of the playoff. Yeah, I agree. But these same fucking morons that are using banana land logic, that are changing the way the game is played, that are changing their rules, changing their metrics week to week and team to team, these unfair fucking idiots at the college football playoff committee, yeah, it might sort itself out in three weeks, but guess what? They're the same lunatics that are going to be making the decision three weeks from now. And that pisses me off because they don't have a clue. They don't abide by any rule or reason. They just do whatever the fuck they want. And it's stupid. It's ruining the season. It's ruining college football. They need to expand it. They need to go back to the computers with the four team setup. They need to do something because these guys don't choose. They don't give births to teams that they deserve it. They give births to teams that they think that they feel is better, even though they lose games. So you feel that Ohio State is better than Cincinnati. Ohio State has lost a game. Cincinnati hasn't. Ohio State hasn't beaten a ranked team. Cincinnati beat the number nine team in your own rankings, Notre Dame. But you feel that Ohio State is better than them. 
make that make sense. It pisses me off and it's ruining the game. That's all I got to hate to end on a sour note. It just fires me up. And now there's going to be people that are Michigan did this. And because of that, and the more hoops you jump through, the more I know I'm right. MSU beat Michigan. End of story. I don't need to hear any stupid fairy tale justification. Appreciate everybody who listened. Thank you for the support. Thanks for sharing, listening, all that good shit. Wait, did I even talk about Cade versus Jalen? Cade versus Jalen tonight. Let's go Pistons. I hate Jalen Green. Let's start a rivalry. It's about Cade. It's not about the Pistons. It's about Cade. That's all I got. Long episode. I'm going to call it. Appreciate everybody. I'll talk to you next week.